0: Since our colleague, the late Dr. Li Wenliang, sounded the first alarms of a novel coronavirus last December, COVID-19 has developed into a global pandemic. Not since the flu of 1918 has our society experienced this degree of threat to our health and to our happiness. This is a unique moment in our history, and we here at The Surgery Set are doing what we know how to do, which is to say podcasting to help. We're telling the stories of this time from the people on the front lines, in these uncertain times. We want you to feel informed. We want you to feel supported. We want to give you the tools to be resilient in the face of what may be the hardest few months of our lives. And we want to remind you frequently and forcefully that you are awesome. These are the stories from the front line of this global crisis, featuring visits with the heroes who are making a difference when we need them the most, and ideas for how to stay well and balanced as we learn to live in social distance. From the Department of Surgery at the University of Wisconsin, this is The Frontlines of COVID, a surgery set series. I'm Jonathan Kohler, a pediatric surgeon trying my best. Welcome. Tom Brazelton's dad and my great uncle were great friends for about 70 years. So it was a special pleasure to meet him when I moved to Madison almost five years ago. He's since become a great friend of mine and a colleague in the pediatric ICU, where he's a critical care physician. But Tom also runs our pediatric transport program, and as if that's not enough, he's spent the last 10 years leading UW Health's telehealth efforts. As COVID-19 challenges our capacity to care for all the patients who need our help, it's become clear that telehealth is going to play a vital role in our response to the crisis, by helping keep patients out of the clinics in the ER, by allowing us to consult on hospitalized patients remotely, or by allowing quarantine doctors to be able to contribute to patient care. Many of the legal and bureaucratic barriers to telehealth have come down in the past two weeks, though as you'll hear, maybe not quite as much as we think. And Tom and his team have assembled a system that lets us do far more now than we could do in February. Teams coming together to make things happen. That's what we're doing these days. Here's Tom. So, Tom, welcome back to uh, the surgery set. Thanks for, for making the time to join us. I know you've been had a busy day and have a busy night ahead of you. Thanks, Jonathan. It's great to be here. You are sort of heading up our telehealth efforts, and you know you were before this whole event. Maybe just tell us, where were we with our telehealth you know, two weeks ago? Where are we now, and, and where are we going in the next very short period of time as everything around this has sort of like gotten a dose of uh, nitrous in the engine?
1: Yeah, sure has. Hopefully, not COVID in the lungs. Yeah. Um, so we have been on a, a very, I will say, structured, well, maybe maybe plotting, but fairly well thought out plan for rolling out telehealth in the ambulatory and specialty space. So we have, as you know, a very mature and highly clinically successful EICU telestroke programs that have been around about a decade. Building on that platform, as you also know, we have handled our acute care setting by providing for specialty consults within our hospitals and helped with your help and pediatric surgery and other pediatric subspecialists to help stand up the level three NICU at Swedes. So we've we've taken a, 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 an acute care approach for the most part. And in the process laid down a foundation through our online urgent care platform which is powered by American Well now known as Amwell everybody's changing their names right now during <laughs> COVID pandemic. It's really inconvenient. But with that, we have stood up a urgent care platform staffed by our APPs that is now seeing volumes about six or seven times what it usually did and, and wait times to that factor as well. Using that platform, we want desperately, have wanted to get to a scheduled, patient scheduled, highly integrated with Epic interface that would allow you to see your patients in the home or in a clinic somewhere else and not have to have them travel all the way to see you. Fits in nicely in your post-surgical bundle. You can see the wound. You would have a nurse or a telepresenter there or the parent and be able to do most of what you need to do if not all. That platform because of our diligence and our desire to, to do it right the first time is still a long way away. So faced with COVID and being given nitrous, as you said, we have turned on the jets, and while I'm leading it, I will say that the work is being done by a very small group of highly professional, very passionate, and uh, dedicated individuals. Um, There are about four to six on our telehealth team. We've been given two nursing informaticists, which is why I, I, I I'm not quite sure of the number. There are four of us, but there are two more of them. And with that, we have in the last 10 days moved further faster than we have in my 10 years in the telehealth program. So we are covering our inpatient surge capacity by using the VidYO app, which allows you and me and infectious disease and ICU and hospitalist physicians in wave one to see our patients should we be quarantined or ill, but not so ill that we can't still quote work unquote from home using a basically a secure FaceTime or Skype mode. What we're building out as quickly as possible is the ability for you and me to see patients in the home. So we would send them a link again using Skype and we hope to have that by next week. Uh, early next week, and that w- everyone is now, I mean, we've literally opened Pandora's box. We have nursing education, we have pharmacy, nutrition, plastic surgery, everybody wants to use this now, which I think speaks to the underlying need that's always been there, but the fact that we are developing this functionality as quickly as we possibly can, and the fact that people are hearing about it is, it's really exciting. So that's the inpatient perspective. From the outpatient perspective, we are rapidly training more APPs to staff our Care Anywhere platform to try to keep patients out of the system. So the worried well or the ones that don't need admitting, this allows us video triage to determine whether you do need to come to the emergency department or you're okay to stay at home. We'll check on you tomorrow. So that is a need that the community definitely has. And then finally, as I mentioned, our our chronically ill, highest risk for COVID mortality patients, transplant, diabetes, you know, rheumatology, our complex pediatric patients on vents at home, we desperately need to get into their homes, be able to do not just scheduled visits with them, but potentially urgent care visits with them to try to keep them at home if at all possible. So we really have put on the afterburners, and hopefully by this time next week people will be happy and we won't have too many lessons learned that have caused us to say we're sorry or god forbid pulled the whole platform out from under people to to rebuild it but we're really excited about where we are
0: that's fantastic and it's just i mean a testament to like i think you guys had built such a strong foundation that when the time came to like actually erect the building you were ready to go really really cool can you talk very quickly, I know you've got a, other places to be, but um, just talk quickly about some of the regulatory requirements that have, have been yeah. waived in the process of setting all of this up. So the,
1: the feds in their infinite wisdom and, and you know, their eternal desire to all help us do our jobs better have also opened Pandora's box, I will say, by, by lightening up a few things. First thing we heard was the state boundaries will be lifted so you are now able to see patients across state lines. Well, there's a little more to it than that because that's actually not under federal jurisdiction when it comes to medical boards, Um, that's under state. So unless a state says, yeah, come on in and see either your patients here or our patients, That's probably not a guidance that most would say, go for it. So we have gotten determination from our providers that, um, excuse me, not our providers, our, our legal counsel and compliance to say, you know what, Jonathan, I know you've got some kids down in Rockford who you have operated on. They are your patients. Yes. Under, we believe that the risk of any blowback legally from either the state of Illinois or or, or anybody is worth it to undertake to support our established UW Health patients. So we have guidance now around that. The second big thing came out just yesterday, which was them, Seema Verma, the secretary of CMS, basically lifting, waiving HIPAA fines. There are some subcategories to that. So the devil's always in the details for the use of non-HIPAA approved apps like facetime like skype and some others here again be careful buyer beware in their attempt to make things easier they may have opened a can of worms just because they may waive their fines if they catch you violating hipaa there are still civil penalties and a great deal of risk if you do choose to undertake and use those unapproved apps so within the uw health system we have vetted on IT security, compliance, legal, WebEx, and this Vidyo app, and so we are saying stick to what, stick to our guns. Basically, continue to use what is supported. Don't borrow trouble. Don't try to, you know, go off the reservation.
0: Fantastic. I, I you know, I think that's such a valuable point, right? Like we can do a lot of stuff, but but always be thoughtful about what the potential downsides of it are. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. I think this is just incredible work that you and your team are doing before you go any uh, tips or tricks for staying sane in this wild time we're having any any shows you're uh, you're binging i wish i home had... quarantine <laughs> i'm i wish i were home quarantine. i
1: want <laughs> in the to this week above all else um, no keep your uh, social distance uh, learn to hug from six feet away stay safe and you know when in doubt give us a call first but thank you. I hope to um, maybe catch up with you on this forum next week when we have fingers crossed a a successful rollout of this.
0: We will absolutely be checking back with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Take care. Take care. If you have an experience with COVID 19 you'd like to share, or a question you want answered on the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter at J E Kohler. That's K O H L E R. You can also send me an email at kohler at If you want to hear about something other than COVID 19, our regular program is focused on the latest innovations in surgery, including interviews with the pioneers at its cutting edge. If you're new here, feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Give our Facebook page a like and follow us on Twitter at WISC Surgery. The Surgery Set is a production of the Department of Surgery at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. This episode was produced by Chelsea Johnson, J.P. Swenson, and me, Jonathan Kohler. It was edited by J.P. Swenson. Special thanks to Nicole Jennings, Rebecca Minter, and everyone else in our department pulling together during this adventure. Until next time, be well and stay in touch, friends. Remember, you can't stop the clock. This too shall pass.